It's Friday, the weekend is here, but unfortunately, there's no Arsenal action. Hello, good morning and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by the last man standing with loserpool.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu. And on this uh, Friday morning edition, we're going to be looking at uh, some of our players' performances in the international scene, in particular that of Danny Ceballos. We're going to be talking about some other bits and pieces, Arsenal-related news too. And uh, we'll be getting your thoughts and letting you know how you can get hold if you are a long-time supporter, listener, viewer of the podcast, one of these Chronicles AFC t-shirts, which I have to say are a lot comfortable than I expected. Let me know what you think about them in the comments, and I'll let you know how you can get your hands on them um, and support the podcast, or you can win one in uh, next week's competitions, which are coming your way. So stay tuned, and uh, we'll keep you posted on that. We've got some away editions too, so a yellow one with the blue... Um, logo coming and we've also got a blue one with a yellow logo so sort of like uh, the kits that we've got this season so uh hope you all like them uh but let's crack on uh with what we are here to talk about and that is the performance of Danny Sabayos I thought he was fantastic for Spain last night now I don't usually like the international breaks because I think that the quality of football is often uh not where it needs to be I think that you see often disjointed football because you see teams who don't play with each other week in, week out. You often see big boys against minnows, etc., etc. But uh, Romania versus Spain was a game uh, that was very entertaining, very enjoyable. And I'll tell you why I ended up watching that game in the first place. Now, as many of you know, I'm from a Greek background and uh, the logical thing to do would have been to watch Finland versus Greece. But Greece have been in such disarray of late. There's been so many problems behind the scenes. They've had a change of manager. Socrates and Manolas had a huge problem with the last one. Almost refused to play uh, if that wasn't resolved. In the end, the manager got the bullet and a new boss has now come in. But for those of you that remember Euro 2004, Greece at their very, very peak, even even then, play the most boring, um, unattractive football. And it's not very entertaining. That's the long and short of it. Um, so I decided that I'd watch Romania versus Spain. Now, you're probably asking why I chose that game. Partly because Danny Ceballos and partly because I'd watched a lot of the Euro uh, under-21 tournament in the summer. And Romania were a very, very good side. And a lot of those players have now made the step up. So I thought it would be a very interesting game. Romania, of course, the home side. So I was very much looking forward to that. And it didn't disappoint. Um, you know, the thing is, when you watch teams with the technical ability of Spain and of course, Romania as well, you've got to give them credit. You're bound to see some high quality football. And that's what it's all about for me. International football. I don't really care. I'm neither here nor there not on it. Um, you know, Perry Groves made a comment, didn't he, the other day where he said that he'd rather Arsenal win things uh, than, of course, uh, England. And I agree with him. I'd much rather uh, watch my club than my country. Um, I feel like I'm connected to my club because I go and watch them every single week. And that makes a huge difference, I think, in terms of feeling engaged uh, with the club. So 
Danny Ceballos, he was really good. And we know what Danny Ceballos can do because we've seen glimpses of it so far uh, in his relatively short Arsenal career. We've seen him twist, turn. Um, his control is immaculate. He's obviously a player who uh, excites fans as well. And I think, you know, the way he came on in the North London derby just gave us a kick up the arse. He gave us that extra impetus. And I really, really like that about Danny Ceballos. Uh, but I guess the moment that everybody's talking about is kind of the what you would call a pre-assist uh, that he gave uh, for Spain's second goal. Now, he played a lovely defence splitting pass. The ball was then squared across the goal and it was tapped in uh, in the end. And it was almost like a FIFA goal. Um, you know, like when you're playing FIFA with your mates and you get to the byline and you cut it back across. And I've got a friend uh, who's uh, renowned for doing that. Uh, so a big shout out to D who... Uh, always uh, scores those what we call cheapies. Uh, but ultimately, Spain are pretty much walking the ball into the net there. And Danny Sabas has played a huge, huge part in that because he's essentially uh, played his teammate in behind, who's then cut it back and Spain have doubled their lead. Now, Romania did pull one back and Romania went very close uh, towards the end of the game to pull in back an equaliser. They had some good chances that fell uh, to their striker, Pushgas, who you can only assume is named after the legend legendary Hungarian player, uh, Ferenc Puskas. But Romania were unlucky not to draw level in the end. But I guess my focus was Danny Ceballos. And I was really, really impressed. And some of your comments are, are coming through live now. Uh, hello to Wayne Wilson, who says, good morning. Uh, Richard Wastey says, great content, Harry. Thank you very much. And thanks for your continued support. And Solo says, we should sign him at the end of the season. And it's, I absolutely agree with you. We should. Uh, Danny Ceballos looks a huge talent and I look forward to seeing more of him in an Arsenal shirt. Now, let's move on uh, to some other Arsenal news. Now, Arsenal have uh, announced their Europa League squad. Now, I had a brief look at this yesterday, but I've had a look at it today in a lot more detail. And there are a few surprises in it. Now, if you have a look here, um, according to to UEFA, there are two categories that defined a locally trained player. So Arsenal have confirmed their 24-man squad with their A-list containing a couple of unfamiliar names. The Gunners could have submitted a 25-man list if they'd included eight locally trained players, but they only mustered seven. So the squad size was adjusted down accordingly. Now, let's have a look at some of these names on these squad lists, because there are some names there that we may not all recognise. Now, of course, on the A-list, Bern Leno, Hector Bellerin, Kieran Tierney, Socrates, Danny Ceballos, Alex Lacazette, Mesut Ozil, Lucas Terreira, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Rob Holding, Pepe, Mustafi's in there, Callum Chambers, David Luiz, Martinez, Mavropanos, Genduzi, Sarah Kalasinac, Matt Macy, Granit Xhaka, Gabriel Martinelli, James Hilson and Joel Lopez. They are the two names uh, that you may not recognise. And I'll be lying if I said I knew a great deal about those players. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I do. But it is something um, that we'll be bringing you more information on uh, in the uh, coming weeks uh, ahead of Arsenal's Europa League kickoff. So we'll be looking into that. But some of the surprises, actually, and when you look at the B list, uh, you'll see the first three names in particular stand out to me. Reese Nelson deemed good enough to feature in the Premier League so far this season, but he's not in our Europa League squad. And perhaps even more surprisingly, the ever-impressive Joe Willock. He's not in there either. Emil Smith-Rowe isn't either, but that's kind of understandable given uh, the fitness issues that he's had. Uh, another one that maybe you 
you would uh, perhaps question is that of Bukayo Saka. I actually think Tyrese John Jules is a a very big talent as well. So, um, yeah, I mean that's uh, that's the surprise. There are a few names in there, a couple of names in particular that I didn't expect to see, um, and a couple of names that I didn't expect to see left out. Now I don't know, uh, you know, the ins and outs of it and whether or not. Uh, you know, we were forced to leave those players out. But, you know, Willock, Nelson, Smith-Rowe, they would be classed as homegrown players, wouldn't they? But it just seems that because our squad sizes had to be adjusted down, uh, they've missed out, unfortunately. But please bear in mind, this is only for the group stage. This can be resubmitted uh, a little bit later on. Uh, so, yeah, we'll have to see how that changes. Uh, let's have a look at your comments coming through. Dan Potts. Big shout out to Dan. Check out his podcast, Guns and Yellow Ribbons, too. Um, great podcast. Dan's a great guy as well. I've had the pleasure of uh, being able to speak to him on the same old Arsenal in recent weeks. And I uh, hope you're feeling a little bit better, Dan. Welcome uh, to the live show. Uh, he says, morning, Harry. Hope you feel better than I do. Saliba added to the PL squad this season. So he's classed as homegrown. Clever. It is indeed. And I think Arsenal have to be clever about this. And I think that this is an issue that a lot of the big clubs are going to face over the coming seasons. You know, this homegrown quota in European competitions and, of course, in the Premier League um, it is, is tough to stay up, to keep up with, sorry, when you sign so many players. And, and you know, it's funny because you can go and sign an 18-year-old from, uh, you know, Brazil, for argument's sake, and he may not necessarily be quote, uh, classed as homegrown. So there's lots of things, uh, lots of rules and regulations of which I'm not, um, you know, a specialist on, I must admit. But, you know, it's interesting how Arsenal are going to have to juggle this squad around uh, just to be able to to make sure that they meet the, the rules and regulations, of course, set by UEFA. Now, let's have a look at some other bits and pieces. And I'm using Ask Blog News. Have a look at Ask Blog News. It's a brilliant website. Uh, there's no uh, rubbish stories here or sensationalism. They write accurate, good stuff. And I really enjoy reading their stuff. So uh, big shout out to the guys over there. Now, uh, there's a report coming out that Vittoria are pressing for their Arsenal game to be rescheduled. So according to the Evening Standard, our Europa League showdown with Vittoria in November could be returned to a Thursday evening kickoff after an appeal to local authorities by the Portuguese side. Now, Europa League matches normally take place on a Thursday, but Braga and Porto are both in the competition. And at UEFA, at the request of the Portuguese police, determined that the lower-ranked Vitoria should bring all their home games forward a day so not to put pressure on the local infrastructure. So their home game with Arsenal was subsequently pencilled in for Wednesday afternoon at 4.50pm so that it didn't clash with the early kickoffs in the Champions League. Now, I'm not too fussed when this is played because I'll be honest, I'm not going to be making the trip out to Vittoria. But for those of you that are going to be making that trip, I'm sure you want to get this resolved as soon as possible so you can know what you are doing. It is really, really difficult to make plans, isn't it? When even the kickoff time is up in the air. Uh, so, of course, we'll keep you updated on that and uh, what happens with that because it is a big issue, as I said, for those of you who are thinking of making the trip. Uh, Nacho Monreal has spoken following his move uh, to back to Spain. He's joined Real Sociedad. And Nacho Monreal has revealed that Unai Emery asked him to play in the North London derby before completing his move to Real Sociedad. Um, eyebrows were raised when the Gunners allowed the Spain international to leave just 24 hours 
before the clash and you know but you can understand why uh he you know or real sociedad and monreal weren't gonna allow this to happen because you know if you are real sociedad and you're about to sign him you probably don't want him taking a part in a game like this and, and that's been quoted in the article here as well um and monreal also revealed that he had weighed up leaving when arsene wenger departed only for Emery to persuade him otherwise. So some quotes uh, from the Nacho man himself. He said, in my head for weeks, there was already the possibility of coming here. And a few days ago, we agreed and here we are. Last year, let's just say we couldn't come to an agreement because it was Emery's first year. He was blunt from the first moment saying I wasn't going out. And this year, the parties have been more open. Emery kept insisting that I go on, even asked me to play the North London derby against Tottenham. And so... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we all agree that Nacho Monreal was coming to the end of his Arsenal career. And, and, you know, that's, I get that. That's fully understandable. But I did raise my eyebrows at the timing of it all. I did want Nacho Monreal uh, to stay at least until January, just purely because Kieran Tierney isn't fit. And while Serge Kolasinac has proven that he's a good asset in the final third of the pitch, he's not necessarily uh, the best left back, let's be honest. And uh, that does worry me a little bit. But, it is what it is. We'll have to move on from it. Now, another interesting story. Uh, Wenger, you will see me in the dugout again. Now, we heard, didn't we, that when Arsene Wenger initially left, that he'd be back in a job ASAP. That hasn't materialised. Why? I don't know. Is it because uh, maybe he hasn't found the right opportunity? I don't know. Uh, but I had the pleasure of meeting Arsene Wenger and having a good chat with him uh, a few months ago. And um Arsene Wenger looked visibly refreshed. He looked like someone who'd found a new lease of life. There wasn't that stress, stress, sorry, and that anguish on his face. He looked like someone really happy with his time off, really enjoying himself. And I was glad to see him like that. And, uh, you know, as you do, I called up all my mates. Okay, guys, guys, I've just met Arsene Wenger. I've just had a chat with Arsene Wenger. And um, that was what I was saying to everybody. You know, you could see he was visibly relieved to be out of that pressure cooker environment. But Arsene Wenger... No matter what you think of him and he's the end of his tenure at Arsenal, Arsene Wenger is a competitor and he wants to be back in competition. And he's been uh, talking to the media of late. Uh, he says um, that he well, he's basically maintained that he will return uh, 